I'm hearing is you accepting him as this partner before mm-hmm. he did anything concurrent with achieving it. And when it's not achieved, it's not very much appreciated. For giving over your life to whatever man comes into it. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Groom, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Each week, I have a guest and talk about real life and love in coaching conversations. Most of the time, I have not spoken to my guest beforehand, before we get on this podcast recording. I've not spoken to them, although they've written to me and I've gotten some background. But today's guest, I've actually spoken to. And it is 46-year-old Susan returning from episode 16. You might recall the title of episode 16 was Dating Online as Florence Nightingale Sickens Even the Strongest. As Susan is the poster child for all things giving and forgiving, yet she ends up hurting herself in relation to men. Susan joins us today to recap what has happened since we last spoke and ask questions related to her most recent relationship that I believe she's currently in. We're going to find out. Welcome, Susan. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm so happy to have you today. Tell us. (laughs) I hear that sigh in your voice. Yes. Yes. You know, my dating life is fun. And uh, it differs no more than it did last time, other than I am in a relationship. Okay. And um, it's a little different. He He's not handicapped or anything like that that I'm aware of. So right. it's a good thing from previous. Well, it's interesting because um, if anyone hasn't heard, uh, I'm going to play a little bit of what uh, what was on episode 16 just to catch our listeners up to a little bit about your background and where we are now. So I'm the type of person that I will give anybody a chance. I don't care, you know, race, creed, religion, color, you mm. know, whatever. I just lovely. I always. I always think that there's something good in somebody, and if mm-hmm. I if I skip over somebody, I could meet that diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. So I have dated I have dated a midget. Mm-hmm. I have dated a guy on dialysis. Mm-hmm. I have dated a quadriplegic. Um, and I know there's more in there, but I can't remember them all. So you had called it. And, and forgive us because of the uh, the non-PC, uh, you called the online dating invalid.com. Yeah, that's what my friends were calling it because they didn't understand where I was meeting all these people when I was just on normal websites. 
And I don't know if I'm a magnet or what it is, um, but I still think that the, the new guy that I'm seeing has issues, um, but not as drastic as the ones that were previous. Um, I just don't know how to handle this one. And I, and you know me, I don't want to be mean in this situation. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'd rather suffer than be the, the mean person in this situation. So I've had people come back into my life since the last one. They, you know, they, they don't know what they have till it's gone. So they've decided that I'm what they want now. And it's hard for me, you know, to justify that situation as well. So I have two trying to compete with me, compete for me, and one that I'm living with. Oh, wow. Now you, so yeah. you've got your hands full. You're juggling three. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not seeing two of them. I've just been talking to them, and they just are, like, standing by because they know the situation isn't great. So they're like, well, I want to wait for you, and I'm – I don't know what to do with those two, and the one that I live with, I've known since eighth grade. Okay. Wow. So let's chunk this down, because I find that to be really helpful, and we as uh, listeners and me for the first time want to hear about how it came about that in this short period of time, you are living with someone. He is Mark, I understand, and yes. 48 years old? Yes. He's never been married and doesn't nope. have any children. Okay. No. Nope. So, so tell us how it came about that you are now living with him. How long have you been living with him? Um, almost four months. Okay. So tell us how that happened and what the situation is first, and then we'll get into the other Okay. <laughs> so just a recap of the life that we've had um, he does have a twin brother, and I was best friends with his twin brother growing up. And these two, everybody in school had a crush on. They were, you know, gorgeous, and they had all the looks, and they, you know, they had a troubled past, troubled childhood. And uh, they happened to live with my family and work for my dad, and, you know, I got to know them that way. Well, one of them got married and was married for 20 years and, you know, has kids and whatnot. And the other one just kind of decided to go a different path. And he followed the same path as his parents and became an alcoholic and all this stuff. And just, you know, we'd talk on and off over the years and I'd have to block him. And because it would just get overwhelming because he's one of those things that when he drinks, he thinks everything's a conspiracy theory. So I'd block him. Then we become friends again, and probably the beginning of this year, he, he, he texts me and said, I want to find a place to live that's not where I live now. And I said, okay. I said, well, what kind of a place are you looking for? Are you looking for economy? Are you looking for, you know, better paying jobs? What are you looking for? And he's like, well, don't you live in Texas? And I said, well, yeah, I do. And he goes, well, what about there? And I said, well, you know, that's fine. I said, you can come down here, hang out. You know, your family, your second family's down here. So, you know, you've got support. And I thought he was just going to come down and we were going to be friends and, you know, he was going to start a life and everything was going to be great. And 
all of a sudden he calls me and he says, okay, well, I'll be down there Friday. And I'm like, what? This was on a Sunday or a Monday. And he goes, yeah, I'll be down there Friday. I'm like, okay. I didn't realize that it was going to, you know, I thought he was going to take a couple months and decide if that's what he wanted to do. Well, he took the train down. So meaning he does not have a car? He can't drive. Tell me and I'll that. tell you that in just a minute. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I call my mom and I said, I need you to pick Mark up at the train station. And he's coming in on Friday. And she says, what? And I said, yeah. So we were just like under the impression that he was just going to come down here and start a whole new life. Well, I find out that in the state that he lived in, um, you can get a DUI on pretty much any vehicle possible. And he happened to get seven of them on a bicycle. So, <laughs> Susan. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know, you know, my, you know, my magnet, it goes off. And I really didn't understand. You can actually get a DUI on a bicycle? Yeah, you can get seven of them. So Is that the limit? Tech, like seven of them no, and then you're you, out? No. No, you can get more. His was out like after three. So his license is technically suspended till 2026 as of right now. We're working on that process also. So he came here. He got a job. You know, I mean, he's really hungry about wanting to work and wanting to do, you know, support and do all this stuff. Well, by he got here on Friday and by the next week, he's like, so we're going to be in a relationship. And I'm like, what? And I was like, well, you know, we can try it. Let's see how things go. And, you know, we'll just go from there. Had he moved in well, with you with this? He moved in with me on Friday when he got here. And I, like I said, I thought we were just going to be roommates. He was going to pay rent, blah, 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 blah. But he came to town with the clothes on his back and a Walmart bag full of his toiletries. That's it. That is it. And I'm thinking, okay, because he'd been homeless for two years. Let me ask you a few questions, and, okay, Susan? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Questions. Go ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to try to tread lightly, okay? Oh, you he, can tread as hard as you need to. Okay. So I want to know what you knew before any of this. You're telling me now about the DUIs, the that he cannot drive until 2026, that mm-hmm. he was homeless for two years prior mm-hmm. to being in touch with you and, and being willing to move out of state where he's been staying to come and live with you, sight unseen, mm-hmm. what have you. What did you know beforehand? I knew that he wanted to change his situation and wanted to get on the right path of life. Not what he said. No, no, no. I'm not asking you that. You see, there's a big difference. Not what he told you, but what you knew about his history. Um, I've known that growing up, his family was like hippie family. They never lived in one place for too long. Mm -hmm. I knew that he has had one girlfriend who he says wasn't serious but they were together for three years and she died of cancer Mm -hmm. 
um, about two years two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew he'd had an alcohol problem. To what degree did you know? Um, to the degree of he told me he'd been sober for three years. Okay, so he told you he's been sober for three years. Did you know mm-hmm. he was homeless? I knew he'd been living in a shelter, but I didn't know he had lived in the woods until he moved here. So you didn't ask too many questions when he said he wanted to come live with you? No, because we'd grown up together. Okay, so let me ask you, even if he was your brother, Uh you didn't ask too many questions about it. You opened your arms. Right, because as a friend, I wanted to help him, and that's what I was trying to do as a friend. Right, and it's interesting because it brings up a point, and, you know, the episode 16 we did where it was my terminology of Florence Nightingale. You know who that is? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of, yeah. You're the Florence Nightingale of Texas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Let's just not broadcast that too much. I don't want a lot of people coming back here. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, we have to be careful. Well, I didn't say East Texas, West Texas, North Texas, South Good Texas. Job. It's a big state, right? Yeah. It's a big state. But the point is that Florence Nightingale has become an icon of goodness, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact is that that's wonderful. We don't know her personal life necessarily, or I haven't, I haven't read about it or researched her personal life. The problem for us as women is that's who we are, and you are this wonderful soul who is giving to the point of hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Women many times say to me, why is it that I attract all the wrong guys? Mm-hmm. Well, you attract as a woman all guys. Exactly. It's who you choose to allow into your life that is mm-hmm. the issue. Right? And right. I would bet that you also attend to, you can't walk by a wounded bird or you don't want to squash bugs or whatever, right? You're that kind of lovely soul that you want. I'll kill a bug, but it's, I would rather be around humans. I would rather be around animals than humans. I'll kill a bug, though. I will do that. Okay. <laughs> Awful. How? Oh, that's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I mean, I've even gotten to the point of, like, I can't kill certain bugs. I want to capture them and then let them outside. Oh, yeah. 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 Same thing with a, with a mouse for sure. Just can't. Oh, yeah. I won't kill one of those. No. Uh-uh. So the point is, is that's who we are as women. And you are to an nth degree. You give everyone more chances than anyone would ever give them. Mm-hmm. And this person was a very close personal friend. He lived with you as a child. So in essence, he felt almost brotherly in some mm-hmm. sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's what is the overriding factor here that in helping others, we can seriously hurt ourselves, right? And it is mm-hmm. painful and sometimes very difficult to put boundaries 
on relationships. However, anytime we attend to the weaknesses of a man, guess what we get more of? More issues. The, weak, the weaknesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So catch us up to where things now you you say okay because here's where I'm hearing it go awry when he says I'll be down on Friday you say what Mm -hmm. and he says I'll be down on Friday and somehow that gets accepted because that's what he wants Mm -hmm. whereas it would be oh I'm sorry Mark I didn't realize you were coming that early. That's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. I need a minimum of a month, and I need to know some some things and kind of lay some groundwork that I want to know that's going to be understood coming in, Mm -hmm. right? So right then and there, from the beginning, you're giving him the power. He says he's coming. You say, okay, Mm -hmm. right? We can't Mm -hmm. hand over, ladies, our power. You also know he has a DWI, mm-hmm. and he will not be able to drive, legally anyway, right? Mm-hmm. That's an issue. Right. So now let's go to where we are now, four months hence. He moved in, and what did you feel in the beginning? Did you guys immediately start up and bring us up to date? So we just kind of, you know, we hung out and, and everything, and we have a really good time when we're with each other. He is definitely not the smartest tool in the shed, um, literally. He He's drank so much that his brain cells are are just mush, and he's got a job. I mean, he is working. He is, you know, putting the money in the bank to live on so we can – you know, have a good life, as you know, as good of life as we can. But I just, I know I don't feel like I'm in love with him, even though I feel that he loves me because it's a place to live. And I've told him numerous times, I said, I don't know that this is going to work out at all. I said, I can't say that this is going to be forever right now. And then, of course, I have two guys that are talking to me, and I get, you know, I get giddy, and I'm like, oh, I have two other guys trying to, you know. And so it's like, do I, do I feel myself pulling away from him because of that or because I just, I mean, some days I just would rather not be with anyone and live, you know, just my quiet life with my dog and my cat. But then I don't want to live alone for the rest of my life also. So, so I'm in, and I'm sick of dating sites. They're awful. Okay. So I'm hearing a couple of things. One is is the all or nothing type of stance, which many of us can uh-huh. take when things don't seem to be going very well. For example, mm-hmm. I'm hearing, do I live alone? And then the, the end of the sentence, for the rest of my life? Or do mm-hmm. I accept this? And you see, mm-hmm. there's no either or here in other words it's not if you choose to be alone now that is going to be for the rest of your life do you, do you see that, that i feel that it, yeah but i 
yeah, but I just I feel like it is because I'm getting older, and you know guys are wanting that little Barbie doll, younger version of what they had, and they don't, you know, and it's it's very hard. I'm not saying it's not hard, but anything yeah. worthwhile is difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. going to come easily. It's not going to come without directed, focused effort that mm-hmm. and making really good choices, right? But mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is you accepting him as this partner before mm-hmm. he did anything concurrent with achieving it. Right. So I'm hearing the willingness to accept a guy without putting boundaries around it and without him mm-hmm. doing what is concurrent with achieving your time, attention, and affection. Right. And when it's not achieved, it's not very much appreciated. Right. Now, it doesn't sound like you are feeling that. What no. are you what are you feeling now and what is the relationship quality now? Well, I feel like we're roommates, and he, like I said, I, when, when I talk to him, I feel like he is just there because, I mean, he tells me he loves me, and he tells me, you know, that he wants to be in this forever, and that relationships are supposed to be, you know, this and that, and they're supposed to last forever and people give up on them too easily and whatnot. But I just, I sometimes feel that he just wants to be in the relationship because he has nowhere to go. And I just feel like we're, we're roommates. Okay. So, and, and I want to backtrack and not for necessarily even for you, Susan, but for listeners, that it's a mm-hmm. really good example of when we accept a man who is not in a concurrent station as we are and Mm -hmm. certainly at a very uh, vulnerable place in his life when we try Mm -hmm. to rescue. Because in Mm -hmm. essence, that's what you did for him. Mm -hmm. So in other words, the best possible way would be when you started speaking with him over what you connected via Facebook or how did you connect? Yeah, Facebook. Okay. He doesn't understand the concept of texting. Okay. So he's kind of living in this um, state of being blotto from drinking, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And not really being Mm -hmm. in the real world as most of us know it, right? Right. Okay. He's been off the grid. Mm Mm-hmm. And that being off the grid sounds concurrent with his conspiracy theory type of living. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Conspiracy theorists want to be off the grid. Yes. Okay. So, and listen, everybody can have a bit of conspiracy theory or what, it's to what degree, right? Right. Yeah. So the point for you is that at the very mention of him coming to be with you is where the boundaries must be set. I would be happy to see you again. Here's the thing, Mark. I want to see you as you are at your best. Right. I would like to help you, but 
that can't be living with me as I'm female, I will do my best to find something for you here. I can't make any promises, but I'll do what I can. Mm-hmm. Because you see, whatever it is, if there's no time limit on it, you can't do it as a woman because it will, there's any attraction whatsoever. It is a very mm-hmm. slippery slope. And what you do with him, he thinks you do with all men. So he believes you could take in anybody. Right. So the most important thing would be, I will give you X amount of time. I can't have you come this Friday. But if you'd like to come on X date, see you're showing I'm in control of it. This is my home, right? Mm -hmm. If you'd like to come on X date, I have a spare room and you can stay there for one month, two months, whatever it is, until such time as you find other living arrangements. Even that I would not do, but if it's because he has this familial feeling about him and you lived with him as a child, what have you, and that was your bent, you could do that. But it has to be set forth in a way that you know that you'll be able to live it out. Because once somebody's in your home, how are you really going to get them out? Exactly. And I mean, he's already been there for four months. So are you at a place where you're feeling like you would like to not have him live there? Some days, some, I mean, since he's been there, I've had a lot of, I mean, my stress level has gone off the roof and I've gotten shingles and I've got to where, I mean, you know, I have so many issues as it is that my stress level has gone off the roof since he has lived there. And I mean, I, you know, he told me he hadn't drank in three years and I went out of town for one night. And he drank. So he's off the wagon. Yeah. But he hasn't drank since. Because I told him, I said, you know, I'll take you to a shelter right now. I said, I gave you one shot. I said, I will either fly you back to your state or you will go to a shelter and live there. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm giving him another shot. And if he messes up, then it's, then it's done. But at the same time, you know, and I'm trying not to feel bad and I'm trying not to feel guilty because that's what I tend to do. And this is interesting because, and I say to all the women that come to me and they're in my program because we got uh, together due to their need to work with a coach on a relationship or Mm -hmm. in online dating or getting someone back or whatever Mm -hmm. it is vis-a-vis a relationship or a man. And the thing that ends up always, and this is what I know going into it, the work is about the woman, mm-hmm. not the man of the hour. Mm-hmm. And that man of the hour could be the man of the hour, and it turns into a lifetime. But until right. we get right with us, and that's what the work turns out to be, vis-a-vis mm-hmm. dating and relationships. But without that, your history is always going to repeat itself. And you see that happening. Oh, yeah. And this is about you. And there is something that if we were working together, it would be getting to 
what it is that makes you feel that you must do these things in order to be loved, accepted, okay, not guilty, a good person, all of these things. Because they're precepts and schemas that you have in your mind that are hurting your life. Mm -hmm. So now you're living with a man that I'm hearing that you have to mother Right. And and or like a yeah, like a child. Mm-hmm. You, That's what I feel like I have. I feel like I have a child. Yes. And that isn't inspiring your desire for him as the man in your life. No. No wonder you feel like a roommate. Yeah. I mean yeah. I have to tell him to do everything. And I mean everything. And how does that serve you or him? It's not. It's not, and he doesn't remember to do anything. So, and like if I if I text him something, he's like, I don't understand, or he'll say I'm lost, and I'm like, then I repeat it again, and I'm like, how can you be lost? I'm being as direct as possible. Well, because he may have, he may be going into something like there's a disease from chronic alcoholism called Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome. Awesome. Yes. Whereby from chronic alcoholism, it is a form of dementia. It's, it's, it's an interesting disease, but it's from the B vitamins being depleted in your body for so many years mm-hmm. that you lose your capacity for understanding in a way that is normative for your age. That sounds very, very possible. Okay. The point is this man needs, you've done a lovely thing, and everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You've been his Florence Nightingale. You have been. Mm-hmm. I believe that you were blindsided in a way, or maybe that's not the right word. Let me ask you this. How did you feel when it started to get romantic? Were you excited about that? Well, this is a funny thing. (laughs) Okay, so there's a little twist to the romantic part. He's really not. And come to find out that the first person he ever had sex with, and I just found this out, was my best friend in junior high. Mm-hmm. And was he did when? not even remember in junior high. Was it when he was in junior high or later? Yes. No, it was when they was in junior high. They were each other's first. And he did not even remember who she was. That's how much he has drank. And I was talking to her one day on the phone, and I asked her, I said, do you remember Mark? And she goes, of course I do. He was my first. And I said, what? Because this isn't the first time her and I have just not known it. I'm like, really? But the romance is not even there. So it, when all. I say when I say romance, I mean mm-hmm. sex. Right. We've had sex three times. In four months. Yeah. 
is that because he cannot perform? Oh, no. He doesn't know, like, well, kind of, but not really. He can perform, but he really does not know how. Like, I've had, of course, we know this. I've had numerous experiences. He has not. So he's still like a teenager in high school trying to have sex. And it's not, I mean, he has no experience. No, nothing. Oh, Susan, I'm just feeling so frustrated for you. I mean, you're not getting you're not getting anything from exactly. This. I get my morning coffee. Remember, my one dream was to have somebody that would bring me coffee. He does do that. Well, you <laughs> know does, what? He does. Do that. <laughs> you know what? I want you to start training your doggy to hit the uh, the buzzer on the the uh, exactly. Yeah, and and to some, if she somehow, could reach yeah. it, it would uh-huh. be perfect. Yeah, exactly. But but Susan, you know, this is you've got to do something different if you want different results yeah. for your life, right? Right. And now you're stuck because here's the thing that when we are missing something in our lives, and what I know about you, correct me if I'm wrong. What I know about you is that you are a completely generous of spirit person who loves Mm -hmm. life, who loves Mm -hmm. people, who loves love, who wants to give Mm -hmm. it and receive it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you are giving it to people that they do receive it and appreciate it to some degree, Mm -hmm. to the degree that they are capable of receiving it and giving it back. Mm -hmm. He's doing mm-hmm. what he is capable of doing, bless his heart. Exactly. And it's very sad because what I'm hearing, if you are experiencing him as an emotional and sexual teenager, he likely was drinking from that time. He was. Okay. So he's been equivalent drinking for 30 years or more. Right. Okay. So... It could absolutely be that he's got something like a Warnicke-Scorsakoff syndrome. Mm-hmm. Okay? Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty sad, and he's got to get medical assistance for that. Mm-hmm. And he's got to get very, I mean, bless him that he's only gone off the wagon once, given that he was such an alcoholic for all of these years and homeless before you got involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what did you want to, coming on today, what did you want to know from me in terms of what, and what what are you planning and thinking? I want to know how I can do this in a sensitive way to get, to keep him in an upbeat mood without having him go back to drinking, to get him to feel like he's progressing and get him out of my house. Hmm. Because, see, like I said, you know, I've had, I have one good guy that I'm talking to, but I don't want to jump right into that again. And then I have, I, then I have the little guy that I was talking to before who wants to, he realizes how much he messed up and he wants to get married ASAP. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. 
you know, so it's like, like I said, they don't know what they have till it's gone. And now that I'm like, well, but I gave it to you before and you didn't want it. What makes me think you want it now? I get a callus once they leave, but then they start sucking me back in because they try and be that promise me everything under the sun. And then it changes again. It's back to the same old, they're very nice. And even my brother said this to me. He's like, I always hear you say how sweet they are. But it's true. They're always nice at the beginning. And then they turn into jerks. Or they turn into something that they didn't portray at the beginning. I need help deciphering to get through the the guy that's going to be the real loving person from beginning to end. And here's what I can tell you, that the problems are not lying with them. Mm -hmm. You are attracting them and allowing them in your life. And unless we were working together in a really comprehensive way, Mm -hmm. until you get to that point where you know why that is and you work with the behaviors that stop you from doing that, right? Because mm-hmm. that's your habit. That's uh-huh. your fallback. That's your here. You had an opportunity. You have had a lot of pain in your life. Mm-hmm. You have had a lot of problems caused by men in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And yet you invited a homeless, alcoholic, into your home without Mm -hmm. any boundaries, any plan, any anything that would have been appropriate not only for you, but for him. Right. Right? So you see, the problem is he's just the problem of the moment caused by what's happening with you. Right? Right. Right. And that's why I say for every woman that's working with me, it's working always on us because a man will, by his very nature, love us and take advantage of what he can. We Mm -hmm. teach men how to treat us, right? Right. And you can't expect more of him than what he is showing as his level of capability, right? Right. You knew that he has been an alcoholic for minimum of 30 years since he's been 16 years old, old enough to get beer. You knew that he had DWIs from a bicycle. I bet he's had his license suspended and all manner of stuff for years. Since he was 19, yeah. Ah, you knew that? Yeah. Okay. So, So here, really, when you hear it back like that, what are your thoughts? It's hard to say what my thoughts are because I still wanted him to be into a, a better life. Like I said, I look at him some days and he reminds me of what I want. And then I look at him some days and I just want to punch him in the face. So, you know, I'm kind of floating back and forth on, you know, because he is a good guy. I know he means well, but then at the same time, I just look at him and go, really? Why is this happening to me? What's your answer to why is this happening to me? 
I don't have one. Okay, because until you get that answer, you won't have one. <laughs> yeah, because I don't. I mean, I don't. Yeah, because I sit there and I'm like, yeah, why did I? Why did I do this? You know? And then I sit there and he does something really sweet and he tries and, you know. I just you know, sit there and I look at him and I'm like, what did I do? Well, and that's where you need to really revisit and Monday morning quarterback this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, it's not going to be any different with the next guy. Right. You're, you are giving over your power to a man. You are giving mm-hmm. over your life to whatever man comes into it Mm -hmm. you have the power if you go back to when he was first in touch with you did you ask enough questions or did you actually know the answers and you let it happen anyway i knew the answers and i just let it happen anyway okay so my question is really and i rarely ask this but why is that Because I feel bad. There's a deeper thing here that you must get to. Because Mm -hmm. here's the thing. There are enough sad sacks in the world for you to be busy the rest of your days trying to help them. (laughs) I I don't want to date them all. (laughs) Right? Right? Yeah. And, And if I were to ask you, can you save them all? No, I don't want to save them all either. Good. And it's funny because I can be really strong and I can be really outspoken and tell people no. But some people I just cannot. Wait, who do you ever tell no? Like I can tell no to my sister. I can tell no to my brother. I can say no to my dad. And who can't I can't say, say no, no to my mom. I can't say no to guys. And that's because I want to take care of them. No, let me tell you something. That's because you want to please them. Well, that too. Yes. It's not that too. It is that. And until you get to that place and change the behavior, because here's the thing. We can, we look at going to therapy. What is going to Mm -hmm. therapy? Therapy is understanding why. And I will feel differently, so I will act differently. Or I will feel different, so that I act differently. Mm -hmm. Well, good luck with that. That's going to take you a long time. Yeah. Okay? Here's coaching. We are going to behave our way to being different. We are going to behave our way to changing how we feel because if we don't we're going to stay in the same place dealing with the same problems it will just be a different person right and that's what's been happening to you right of late since maybe your last husband or even your last husband included i don't remember yeah okay well, we try to forget about him, so we're not trying to remember him at all. <laughs> well, it's good you can laugh through it. But here's, oh, if yeah. you were to, to look back on this situation, you just told me you have a brother. Mm-hmm. 
why was it that he moved in with you and maybe not because I assume that he lived as a young man with you and your brother? Why is it that it was not um, more, again, boundaries? I have to say that there are few things in life as important as boundaries for any I know. I have a hard time with them. Yes. I know. Yes. And again, you cannot save the world. And it is more of the feeling that you want to be loved and accepted. People mm -hmm. who keep giving to others, it's because they want to be wanted and needed. Right. And, and you do. Not that there's right. anything wrong with being wanted and needed. It's being wanted and needed by people who are of who are at a concurrent level and can give you back in a concurrent level right all of these men that you're trying to help they're not even close to your level no and there's such a broad range of spectrum of each guy i mean they're totally completely different from one another but the bottom line is they are generally all the same emotionally. Right. Okay? And you are expecting different results by doing the same thing. Right. Over and over. And now you are in the unenviable position of being in your own home with someone that you don't really want to be there and you don't know if this can ever work itself out. Right. So what did you want to ask me specifically about that? Want more information on anything you've heard discussed here today? Why won't he commit? How a man decides to make you the one is available at all major book retailers or grab an autographed copy of Coach Paula's groundbreaking bestseller at whywon'thecommit.com. How do I get him out? Okay. Because now I take my hat off as a coach for you, in a way, and put my social worker hat on, okay? Mm-hmm. Because this is a very serious issue that he has. Very serious. That is mm -hmm. not going to be fixed and then done with mm -hmm. it is going to be a constant in his life right and that's for any serious alcoholic or other addiction it is one day at a time for the rest of your days mm -hmm. right and right only him Right, and he won't even get a sponsor. Okay, what does that he tell doesn't you? Think he, need, he doesn't think he needs one. He doesn't understand how talking to somebody and walking through with somebody, even a counselor, will help him get through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's called denial. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. That's I, yeah. called taking the easy path and not coming to terms with what is right okay 
I don't know of too many more egregious cases than a 48-year-old who has been an alcoholic since he's been 16 mm-hmm. and has been homeless, not had mm-hmm. relationships, and now mm-hmm. has serious memory and cognitive issues from the alcoholism. Right. And DWIs out the wazoo. Right. Okay? So we mm-hmm. know what it is. Right. You are in the unenviable position of having to come to terms with now, how do you get him out? And you cannot do that by yourself. Right. You are now going to need the help to do it. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that is going to, first of all, require that you make a firm decision to do it. Right. Right? And that doesn't mean that it's done in any punitive way, negative way. You want to ameliorate the hurt that is going to be impacted upon him to the greatest degree possible for both him and yourself. It's kind of like no good deed goes unpunished. Right. And what's happening is you are receiving the punishment, not his punishment, but just punishment from what you've done. Right. Yeah. So now you are going to have to get help to do that. And you can. Right. And I haven't been able to see a counselor since we stopped talking last time because mine got sick and I haven't found one that I like. Okay. But it's not a counseling issue for you in this way. It's a very tangible issue about getting him out. That's not about your counseling. Yes, do I believe you would benefit from counseling? Most definitely. But if you've been going to a counselor for many years and are still doing this at at 46 years old, something's not working. Mm -hmm. Okay? And maybe you want to think about taking a different tact, and that might be more behavioral rather than counseling. And if it is counseling, it's cognitive behavioral therapy over anything else, right? To okay. change your behavior yeah. so that your feelings start to change. Because mm-hmm. the other way around hasn't really been working, right? Because right. Uh, prior to this, you were with the guy in the nursing home that was paraplegic, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the guy that we heard about uh, who was in prison Mm-hmm. For all of those years that, you know, and not to say, see, here's the thing. You see the good in them. Mm-hmm. And there is. And the reason, like, for example, this guy, why do people drink? The world is a harsh, hard place. And those who are tender in different ways cannot deal with the stress, the harshness, the anxiety, the difficulties of life, and they turn right. to the bottle, right. and then it becomes addiction. And he and I asked him. I said, "Why? Why do you think it's necessary to drink?" He goes, "I just like taste." I said, "So you blackout drink? How is that solving any well, problems not, for you?" Right. You're not going to get any real answers that make any sense at this juncture. Okay, you're just not. Mm-hmm. And you can expect not to. Okay. So you have to do what you know is best for him and best Mm -hmm. for you. And without treatment, 
I mean serious treatment at this juncture. He is not going to be the man he needs to be for himself or for you. There's right. a chance later, after he seriously does the work that is necessary, right. he has a job now. Great. Right. Now he needs a place to stay and to be in a program of mm-hmm. intensive work and you see, it is you seeing the willingness of him to do it. I doubt right now that there will be a willingness, but you can't make that happen. You can only facilitate it happening. Right. Right? Right. So you are going to need serious assistance in facilitating it. Right. And that is with your local um, AA, Al-Anon, um, social mm-hmm. services agency for a social worker to come in and help you do this and all manner of even an, an intervention but you are going to need a lot of support on your end right. to even keep him at bay because once you pull the trigger and he has to leave you've got to also make it safe for him to leave in other words behind right. the scenes you need to be working with someone on how do we get him into a program and say even like a type of halfway house for him to live so that he can be in the program and have a place that's safe and to live and et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of back-end work. But in right. effect, you've got to start to be your own social worker and his own social worker to start to facilitate this. Right. And then if there is any hope for future – he has that hope, and that allows him to work towards a, an end, right? Right. And so maybe the good of it all will be that for him, whether or not you two are together. Right. In the meantime, you can get what you need, which is your home back. Right. Start to work on you and know that, This time around, you have got to make it different by making different choices. If we chunk it down, what would be the first step? To figure out, well, my first step for me is to get somebody that I can talk to that can get me strong and help me deal with my issues again. Okay. Is that? That's my first step. Okay. Is that concurrent with, uh, and then you, you feel like, let me ask you this. Have you worked on that with anyone in the past? Yes. How long did you do that? Well, I've been in and out of counseling for 20-some years, and it's helped me deal with my mom at one point. It helped me deal with my dad at one point. It's helped me with steps throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's what I have to do in order, because if I have somebody almost like a cheering section for me going, you need to do this, you need to do this, you know, this is what you have to do in order to get this right, then I start feeling like I have more strength in myself that I mm-hmm. can do it. Okay. But if I just listen to my parents and they're like, well, you need to do this, of course mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen to them. They're my parents. Right, right, right. You know? So... You need to do that 
and then mm-hmm. you will feel the strength to move forward with a plan for him. Correct. What, okay. Yeah. Okay. So then I always say work under the SMART acronym for that kind of work, meaning mm-hmm. you have a goal. And we look at the goal under the SMART acronym. Is it specific? Is it measurable, mm-hmm. achievable, rational, and timely? So mm-hmm. is your goal specific? I'm going to work on myself, find someone for myself to get stronger. Is right. that specific? I think so. It could be more specific, but let's look at the others. Is mm-hmm. it? We're going to say for... for the sake of this conversation, it's specific. Is it measurable? Mm -hmm. Meaning you can say whether you've achieved that or not. It will be measurable. I will be able to achieve that. Right. Okay. Is it achievable? Yes. Yes. You can find someone and start to work on yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it rational to do it? Yes. Absolutely. Now we have to put, finally, a time limit on it. I don't like time limits. <laughs> right. And that's what everyone hates, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what everyone hates and why things don't get done and why things linger on and become more and more messy. Right. So if I were to because say to you... procrastinate. Yeah. So if I were to say to you, okay, Susan, your goal is to find someone who is going to help you. When we say someone, that's what I'm saying is not really um, specific. Right. In other words, I am going to find a, and then we want that specific kind of counselor who you think will be best to work with you on this issue. You uh, had said a cognitive behavioral counselor or something like that. Isn't that what you said earlier that I could try to look for? Yes, you might even at this juncture go to, because one of your issues, if you want to look at it under this light, is that uh, we would call you in, let's see, is that you tend to enable folks by your kindness, mm-hmm. by your caring, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if we look at it under that lens, one great place to start, and you can do it today, is to find an Al-Anon meeting. Which I have. I have one. I have a a schedule on my phone. I just have to be able to figure out when to go because of my shift. Yeah. Fantastic. Many people with anyone in their life, and it can be from all range of alcoholism, drug addiction, gambling, any kind of addiction or serious behavior that is causing you to wrestle in this way or any way accordingly so that Mm -hmm. you can figure out how am I enabling. Right. Well, it's the same way I do with my mom, and we've had that conversation before, is that I, you know, I let her for a long time live off of me, and that's how I do, because I'm just like, okay, well, that's fine as long as you're happy. 
Right. And that comes from something deep down in you to not feel worthy, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that if we look at the childhood structure of that, it could be that you had to do that your whole life. Yep. Or a form of it. Mm-hmm. And it's learned behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And it's what got you through and what allowed you to feel loved at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And, and it really is that reparenting ourselves or finding that therapist, counselor, coach, whomever that can allow you to feel cared about in that way and that you right. are worthy and the priority and think about it in a way that if you don't have your oxygen mask on mm-hmm. in a right way, tight, fitting, really well, you are not going to be able to help that person next to you. That is the way to really help because enabling isn't real help. It's just putting a Band-Aid on in the moment. So, for example, right. you've allowed him to come in, but what I'm hearing is the moment you are gone, he's going to go right back to drinking again. Right. And that that's not him really being healed, Right. Right, I should not have to hire a babysitter for my boyfriend. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, one, no one should. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Right. So you're going to have to ameliorate against those effects. And the best thing, right. I like your idea. You've got to go so that you feel comfortable and supported each step of the way. Right. And if you had an Al-Anon sponsor, right, mm-hmm. to turn to at each juncture, and then the social services that those folks know about, and you mm-hmm. can get connected with the best possible people to help you, right? Right. You can best help Mark. Right. Yeah. And then you can really get strong so that you then know who to allow into your life and who to say, I wish I could help you, but I'm not the person who can. Right. Because it really depends on what the issue is. For example, you uh, come across a bird in the road. Mm-hmm. and he has somehow gotten his wings caught up in foliage or something, and he can't get free, right. right? So all you need to do is throw something over his beak so that he uh, can't see, and then you mm-hmm. untangle or cut the foliage so he flies free, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So you were the right person that came along at the right time, and you knew you could help. Right? Right. But say you come across the birdie and his, I don't know how birds work, but his wing is missing or his foot's missing and he's bleeding. Right. What do you have to do? You have to get him to the vet. Right. You can't help. Right? You're not going to save his life. Right. 
Right. So you, so you know that, right? Right. It's just the difference. One is simple and straightforward and you know you can help. And the other is over your head to help. Right. The, the issues are too deep. The issues are not something that is just normal human stuff. And it's making that delineation for you that's going to be so important. And having somebody that you can always go to about that to help you delineate who's just for you will be seriously helpful, right? Right. And that's what I'll have to start doing tomorrow is searching for somebody. How does that feel to say it? Well, it feels good. It feels like I at least have a purpose for tomorrow. And a bit of a plan. Right. Because when we have a plan and know that there is help out there, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And that this is over your head and you can't go it alone. It's not like you can just cut the foliage away and he'll fly free right. and be fine. He needs right. the vet, so to speak, right, to right. to stop the bleeding and then right. to rehab him back, if we use the bird analogy, without the wing. Right. Right? And then he's going to be a birdie without a wing, so he's going to have to be in a safe place because he can't fly. Right. And this is really, unfortunately for him, that's going to be the rest of his life. Yeah. But think about it in this way. If that's the reason he came to you and you facilitate that in a comprehensive way that's never been facilitated for him in the past, wow. Yeah. And if he does have something like Wernicke's Korsakoff syndrome, he needs medical help. Right. And I've told him that he needs medical help. Right. But he's... He's not going to – see, there's no rational stuff with that. He's not going to say, oh, yes, I do. I'll get on right. that tomorrow. Right. <laughs> right? He's not, in any, yeah, he's not right. in any hurry to do anything. Eh, right, right, because he's not capable at this juncture even. I mean, bless him the fact that he even has a job that he's going to every day showing up. There's some oh, yeah. hope here. There's exactly. some hope. And that's and you, what I always hold on to. Right. You can hold on to it. And he then, and that's what you keep honing in on for him. Mm-hmm. But until you get the support and the strength of being able to do this, like you would if your son, if your own son was suffering in this way, you did not create it. You can't fix it. You've got to get the help to fix it. And just facilitating it and enabling him will not fix it. Right. It'll put a Band-Aid on it for a little while, which is what's happening now. But life is stressful. And life stuff and relationships are seriously hard. The reason why in rehab, when you go into rehab, you cannot be in relationship for a year minimum. Right. Because they're so stressful and difficult. Yeah. And if you metaphorically think of that for yourself, that these two other guys that you have in your life, 
-hmm. if you say look I I like you and I'm willing to go on dates but I'm in no position to be in any kind of relationship I need a minimum of six months from this time of getting out of the relationship I'm in mm-hmm. and working on myself if you can respect that great right that would be the absolute best because you as well as mark are not ready right and the stronger you are when you start dating again the better chance you have of getting something sound and much more deserving so that your good heart yeah. isn't broken again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what are you what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Well, I I mean like I said, I'm excited to start looking for somebody and maybe looking into getting into the Al Anon thing. Um I've just been like I said, I've been procrastinating on that. I'm excited to think about, you know, getting into a counselor again. It's just I'm very picky on my counselors. It is hard to just let something go that you've been, you know, dealing with. Here's what enabling really is. It's not facing ourselves. Right. Because the act of enabling gets us all in the stuff of the other person. And it is a Mm -hmm. convenient way of allowing us not to face what it is that we need to face and fix for ourselves very easy to intellectualize it but very difficult to do it right correct the first step is making the decision and what I'm hearing today is that you've made the decision to do the Al-Anon thing and to search for a counselor right now it is to put the T at the end of it, the time limit. Okay, you've made these decisions. Now I want to know when you will follow through. What is your next step and what is the time limit? The end of the year. Okay. So how will you stick to that? I'm not sure yet, but that is my goal to have everything. I mean, to get a counselor first uh-huh. and then to try and get into Al-Anon uh-huh. and then go from there with um, you know my goals for the end of the year excellent excellent do you need to keep that in your mind right mm-hmm. doesn't it feel right. better to like make a decision about that yeah yeah it's funny how just that little bit can say oh okay I got a plan now yeah uh-huh And you want to live up to that plan and then make, it's kind of like you make the plan is like setting your GPS. I'm going to set my GPS for being out of this by January 1, right? Good, yeah. And then you set your GPS. So it's like each turn you make in life, it's got to go in the direction of that. Yeah. So... It's going to be tough because little things might veer you off the track. Oh, that's for sure. That is for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, You're going to hear the GPS going 
redirecting, redirecting, yep. right? Exactly. And you, you've got to listen to that and be on the path. Right. I really respect and honor the fact that you are so honest and vulnerable and that you've done this again today and, and followed up with us because that's really well, a beautiful thing. Well, I appreciate you too. So It's really wonderful because it takes a lot to own up to our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and that's for sure. It does. It really takes a lot. And you are a beautiful open soul who gives of yourself. And now in the, you're nearing your, I mean, you've got some years to go, but nearing that 50 <laughs> year mark, right? Right, right, right. Which, which for all intents and purposes is the halfway mark, right? If you're oh, so yeah. lucky, if you're so lucky, right? It's, Actually, right. a little beyond the halfway mark for most folks, right? Exactly. So it's like looking ahead to what is the second half of my life going to be? I'm going to script this for myself rather than just go along. Right. Because I deserve it. I might not have had the best start in the world by my family making me feel responsible and making it so that I learn to get by by enabling, right? Right. Yeah. I can make different decisions, and I'm going to find people in my life now, even if I pay them, to help me fix that because I deserve right. it, right? Yes. Yes, I do. And everybody else is going to benefit from that too. Yeah. And then you will be able to find the man who is able to give you what you give him. Yeah. Right? I hope so. You will. I hope that part happens. This is the path to it. In other words, there's no path around it. It's only Mm -hmm. through it. Right. And this is the hard work of the through it. Yeah. So you're going to find the people who can help you through it. And many, many times, those are people that we pay for. Right. Because they don't have an investment in a way that can really muck things up. Because they have their agendas, right? Right. And so I'm hoping that you can find that and... I can certainly give you some resources off of the air here to help you do that in your area. That sounds great. Yeah. And I really, again, thank you for being on here today. Not a problem. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Thank you again. Yeah, it really is special when women share their experience here because so many of us, if it may not be the actual issue, there's nuggets of what goes on with other women in each one of our lives. And it's so profound to hear someone so giving and loving, which most of us women are, and how we can hurt ourselves 
as well as not really help the man in the equation, although that's our intention. And so I look forward to giving Susan some resources to help get her started on the path that she's laid out for herself with her timeline that's comfortable for her and for anybody in your life that is struggling with any kind of issue a la alcoholism, drug addiction, any kind of addiction. There are so many resources out there now. And that's the beauty of our society now being so open that all of us struggle with one thing or another in some fashion. Life is difficult. It's interesting because one of the first tenets of Buddhism, one of the very first tenets is a version of life is suffering. And while that sounds, oh my gosh, dramatic and harsh, it really is to free us because once we accept that life is suffering, it kind of releases us. We all have some form of suffering in our lives. No one gets out of life without some form of suffering, even though our social media today would show that life is great for some people, incredible and always wonderful and happy and rich and all kinds of things. It's not that way because underneath there's real life going on. That's why I like to have these real life and love coaching conversations because when we hear others, we can both feel for them and feel for ourselves in that life is suffering in some form or another. There's a great saying, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe it's a Freud's. And Freud said, the goal of therapy is to turn abject misery into basic human suffering. And I love that. Because in essence, it's saying none of us get out of the suffering. Many times we're in our own way creating it. And that's where I work from in terms of with men in order to ameliorate the suffering we might have with a man if we have someone by our side saying this is the perspective of the man in the equation and tweaking this behavior, that behavior, this way of texting, this way of relating, not only do you get more of what you desire and deserve, he also loves in his deepest way possible. And those are the coaching programs that I work in with those tenets of let's make it as great as it possibly can be by just tweaking our behaviors because men are very good about adapting to our behaviors and way of relating to them. Good men are out there, 
even consumers are good men. We want to see if we can turn those good consumers into possible buyers because that's when and where they will be best. Speaking of a good man who's doing great things for lots of women, TazTheTailor.com. That's T-A-Z, TazTheTailor.com. What a great young man doing wonderful things for lots of women. And I did just find out, too, that he's doing a wonderful thing for one wonderful woman in his life, and he's gotten engaged. Congratulations, Taz. Go and look at this website. I really love it because Taz takes fabrics that are remnant fabrics from all manner of very high-end fabrics from the best designers, and he turns them into unique, one-of-a-kind bow ties. And he has women working for him that are refugees from Bangladesh putting them to work while concurrently using these fabrics to keep them out of our landfills. And they are beautiful, one-of-a-kind pieces that you can give as a one-time gift to a man with an inscription or as a wedding party, an entire wedding party. So take a look, tazthetailor.com. And by using code FOREVER10 at checkout, you can receive 10% off your total order. So I highly recommend it because I support a great guy doing great things. And remember, if you have a great guy in your life or for any guy to make him the greatest possible for you and for him, you've got to make him wonder. Thank you for listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you. online dating or thinking about it, go to theonelovedatingtest.com and see where you fall on the scale of being expert, adept, or inept at capturing the interest of men who are ready, willing, and able to commit. It's fast, free, and you'll get immediate results.